honest-to-goodness real questions with real answers. It's a mailbag episode coming up on In the Green Room Theater Marketing Podcast. I'm Julie Nemitz, former for-profit marketing executive to Fortune 500 brands turned evangelist for marketing excellence and innovation in live theater. This is In the Green Room. It wasn't long ago that I was racking up frequent flyer miles, traveling the country, leading digital media and marketing for some of the world's top brands, and I was exhausted. Worse yet, I felt utterly empty. It was then I had an aha moment. I can take all of that I learned over the last 15 years climbing the corporate ladder in for-profit marketing, making billions for those top brands, mind you, and use it for good to help my true passion, the theater, thrive in this brave new digital world. Fast forward through a pandemic and lessons learned, and you'll see a happy me today leading regional and community theaters to grow with marketing innovations, strategies, and kicking content. If you're a theater maker feeling overwhelmed by the lightning pace of marketing changes, lack the confidence or resources to implement new marketing tactics, or just want to find support to create a theater that makes an impact in your community, you are in the right place. Now grab some coffee and a cardboard cup, and let's get on with the show. Well, hello there. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. I'm so happy to have you. And I have a feeling that some of you that are listening may hear answers to questions you've asked recently. See, a few weeks ago, I sent an email to subscribers to my newsletter, Marketing Mayhem, Made Last Mayhemy. I love making up words. Well, the subject line said, struggle bus, with a question mark. Struggle bus? And I asked a simple question. What problem with your marketing can I try and help solve? Well, I saw nearly a hundred questions come through. Some were hyper-specific, so I answered those pretty quickly. The others I curated into groups with common themes. Those are the ones we're going to be featuring on the podcast today. We're talking about time management and prioritization, social media reach and engagement, what to do if you've got low sales, postcard best practices, high school production audiences, and much more. The first question came from Alice. Alice asked, How do I prioritize digital when there's only you doing the marketing and it's not even the only thing you do in your job role? And I hear this so often, Alice. I call it the cry of the overworked theater marketer. Listen, let's stop for a minute. Marketing is hard, difficult, and time-consuming work. I think what's become even more complicated is that 
when you think about all the jobs and all the roles inside of a theater staff, the role of the director, you know, give or take some techniques or some new processes in terms of pre-production, the job of directing a show has not really changed that much. The role of producing a show, there are elements that may flex a little bit, but for the most part, the way you produce a show now is the way you probably produced a show 10 years ago. There's a roadmap there that is to be followed. If you're a scenic designer, sure, there's new technology that's been brought to us, but designing a set and getting it up and making it come to life is pretty much the same as it was years ago. But marketing, the marketing director on the staff has had more change and more responsibility put on their plate than any other role on the staff, I dare say. And the reason is simple. We didn't take away marketing tactics and replace them with digital. We added digital to the expectations of our marketing team, of our marketing director, our volunteer marketing teams, the board member who is in charge, and I use air quotes there, of marketing productions. And because digital is additive, and arguably, if you ask me, the most important thing for you to succeed at when you're looking at your marketing strategy and all the different tactics you're using, it becomes, just like Alice said, overwhelming. And unfortunately, not everyone understands what we do. Or worse yet, they think because they have a fun Instagram account for their dog that they suddenly know how to market. Now, that's a true example, by the way. So for those executive directors, artistic directors, board members listening, the first thing I want to ask you to do is to reach out and thank your marketing person today as a favor to me. And I want to say, Alice, you're doing great. When you're wondering how to prioritize digital, when there's so many other things that we need to be doing, one of the most important things you can do, if there's only one thing you can do, it is to make sure that your website and your Facebook events page are up to date with the most pertinent and important information to sell tickets. What is currently on sale? Focus on your homepage of your website and the show page. Those are the two single most important pages on your website. And if they are not up to date and appealing, and if it's not easy to purchase tickets from your website, or it's not easy to find the phone number to call your box office, people get frustrated and then they have a bad opinion of your organization. So make sure you're looking at your website from your phone. Make sure it's easy that within one or two clicks, they're inside your ticket purchase path. That's the single most important thing that you can make sure you're doing for your customers. So, you know, you never know who's going to be seeking out tickets at what time of day. And again, if they can't find the information quickly, they will go away. 
our brain is moving so quickly when we're online that if they can't find what they want fast, they're going to go away. Secondly, the other tip I can give you, Alice, is to batch your content. What I mean by that is that when it comes to having to make social media content or digital content for your emails, your website too, you need to think about how can I do it all at once? How do I batch it? Now, there are two schools of content creation that I see right now in regional and community theaters. We have our internal DIY, which is everything comes in-house and the marketing team at the theater creates the content. The second model is we have a graphic design agency that helps us with our content. In either scenario, wherever your theater falls, batching it is a critical method of success. So, for example, when the photographs come in from the cast photo shoot, you need to sit down, look at them, and create, let's say, 15 organic social media posts from them, right? Load those on up and schedule them in your meta business suite. Write all the copy, you know, turn off your phone, shut your door, get all of that content cranked out, get it scheduled in your meta business suite, both Instagram and Facebook. When you don't have a lot of time, those are the two most important platforms to succeed on right now. Schedule all that content. It'll be done for you. It posts automatically right on the platforms. So batching is a really important task for you to be able to accomplish. Otherwise, you're coming in every day thinking, oh my goodness, I think I need to post something. What do I post? When do I post it? So after your website and events and your social media content, the other thing that's really important is in order to get your digital marketing creative, your buy now creative, as we call it in marketing, in front of those people that are most likely to buy tickets, that's with advertising and email. So again, if you had to look at a hierarchy of priorities when it comes to digital, to me right now, the number one thing is that your website needs to be fantastic and fast, easy to access and enticing to buy. Make sure that you're not just stating facts about your show. Make people excited about coming to see that production. And that all happens on your website. It's very important that that is an incredibly powerful sales tool for you digitally. Secondly, batch your social media content. Don't come in every day and try to figure out what you're going to post. Make all 15 of those 15, make all 15 of those organic posts at once, and then you can be done with it. You can be focusing on what's important next, which is your email marketing and your advertising. Those two digital products are what you want to focus the most on because that's where you can really hone in on the people most likely to buy tickets to your production. All right, Alice, I hope that was helpful. Next, I want to talk about social media reach and engagement. Brian wrote, we have 5,000 plus followers on Facebook, yet when we post things, 
It doesn't show up in people's feeds. We've resorted to paying for placement with the really important things, but how can we fix the day-to-day? Brian, I'll say this in one sentence. Give back twice as much as you post. You need to be engaging in the platforms. I encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 47, where I talk all about how organic social media marketing is changing and how important it is to engage with people that are engaging with your content. If you put a two-minute video of a sneak peek of your rehearsal process up on social media and people start commenting or asking questions or talking to their friends and tagging each other, if you're not a part of that conversation, the platforms think you aren't interested. They think you are you are just putting stuff out there without engaging. And that is a death sign to social media platforms. So make sure that you are building in time to go out and comment on other businesses in your area. Find that list of other nonprofit organizations, you know, depending on how friendly the theaters are in your area. Brian, you know, make sure that you're connecting with them and supporting one another in each other's productions. The more engagement you have with other businesses and other people on the platform, the more likely your actual posts will get shown to other people. And speaking of that, the other thing is you have to make great creative. And that does not mean complicated or expensive. I would not have said that sentence three years ago. Three years ago, when video became the number one priority on social media, we were so focused on making the most highly professional and snazzy and jazzy content we could possibly do. Now, fast forward three or four years, it doesn't have to be that complicated. So remember that when you're making the content, sometimes it's as simple as great creative might mean contrasting colors. You know, I follow a lot of theaters on social and I see just too much lack of contrast in the creative. So much gray background with white letters, cluttered text on top of busy pictures. You know, when you're looking at making that creative, clean it up. Make sure those colors are contrasting yellow and white, blue and white, black and white, right? You want to make sure that the eyes are popping when they see your creative. The other thing that helps people engage with your content, which Brian, that is why not enough people are seeing your posts. One of the big reasons is that they're not engaging. That means that they're not liking, commenting, or forwarding your content. Now, to be fair, engagement has gone down significantly on our social platforms, especially Facebook and Instagram. So We have to work a lot harder to feed the monster, I like to say, feed the algorithm so that they know we're there. And it is is tougher now to get that engagement. 
one of the things that helps engagement is that your creative is closer up. Close-ups on faces have more engagement than wide shots. Now, I know a lot of the theaters, you want to show everyone in your cast of 50 that that, as a director, you look at the pictures you make on stage. You look at the picture you've made of your entire cast and you think, oh, that's gold. Guess what? It's not when it comes to making digital creative. You always want to use your phone as your barometer. If I can't see the face of a human being when I'm looking at your creative, I'm more likely to swipe past it super fast. The eye, you know, I'm really into neuroscience. I'm really into how the brain functions when they're looking at digital marketing. And if I see a picture with a ton of people in it, my brain just has to move on because it's too much for me to try to figure out how to see every face. I'm just going to blow right past it. Let me use TheaterWorks in Arizona as an example. They're doing Matilda right now, and they posted a rehearsal picture of the young actress playing Matilda. And I'm going to do my best to describe this. Her arms were out wide. She was in front of a microphone. Her eyes were closed. Her hair was messy, just like Matilda should be. And her head was like tilted up towards the sky. And she had the most glorious look of happiness with a tinge of mischief on her face. And I'll tell you, I stopped scrolling and I just sat and looked at this photo. That's what I'm talking about. And it was just a photo taken on someone's phone. So vary the types of posts that you do as well, right? You need to have a mix of content. Facebook wants to see a mix. They want to see text only. They want to see static images. They want to see animated posts. They want to see, of course, video, video number one, and video reels now. Because you need to test and see what your audience in your community is most receptive to. I've found with the theaters that I work with, when it comes to timing, Usually, it's either early mornings, like 6 a.m., lunchtime, or somewhere after 8 p.m., where engagement tends to be higher. But you have to crack this code because the algorithm is watching you, your theater's page, and making decisions about how well your content does. It's waiting to see how many people engage with that post. And like I said, engagement is way down overall, so it is harder. Now, there's a saying in digital marketing, 20% of your followers see 20% of your content 20% of the time. So when you think about that, that's why volume of content is so important. Remember when I was talking to Alice earlier about that bulk content de development strategy? That's why it's so important to have a big, sizable sense of how much content you can realistically make for your show. So 
Again, talking about timing, my recommendation lately, and it always changes, so as of this recording in the fall of 2022, my recommendation lately has been that theater should be active daily on Facebook and Instagram starting three weeks prior to opening weekend and then throughout the run. And that's when you have a staff. You know, if you're flying solo, do your very best you can to get that organic social media activity the week before opening, at the very least, and then throughout the run. If that's a two-week show, that's maybe a three-week period that you're extra active. Here's the fun fact, most recent data from Facebook. Globally, they're saying that Wednesdays and Thursdays between 11 a.m. and 12 p.m. are the highest volume of users on the platform. So think about that when you're starting to test what you might see as the highest reach and engagement for your theater. Keep an eye on your numbers inside of the meta suite. It's really important that you know where your meta business suite is and that you are able to keep and monitor what's doing well. When you monitor what's doing well and you see it, then you know that you need to do more of that. I also say to help engagement because, again, your initial question, Brian, was that you have so many followers and they're just not seeing your posts. The other thing you want to think about is, again, when we go back to engagement, you need to build in at least 10 minutes twice a day to go in and onto the platforms and engage. And I'm thrilled, I have to say, that you're spending to reach the exact right audience. We just talked about that earlier. Everyone needs to do this. At whatever scale you can afford, you need to be prioritizing some sort of digital advertising budget to ensure that the most likely customers are seeing your opportunity to purchase tickets. Now, the more money you have, the better, because that means the wider you can go. You can reach a wider audience that are higher up in the marketing funnel, that are in a very early consideration set. So I hope I answered your question, Brian. Again, I know you have a lot of followers. That is phenomenal. But you need to make sure you're doing all the right things to make sure that as many people as possible see your posts. And that starts with your theater engaging on the platform in regular intervals, making great creative and spending. So you're really, you're close to doing all three of those things. The next question comes from Deb and it's about low sales. She said, I have a show opening and I'm donating a portion of the tickets to a breast cancer nonprofit. We cannot move tickets. It's killing me. Deb, you are not alone. This was one of the most common scenarios and emails that I received when I asked my question about the struggle bus. Slow sales. Killing us. And there are just too many factors that can be attributed to slow sales. So, Deb, it's a little hard for me to diagnose exactly what's going on in your situation. And to make it even more complicated, we all know that the COVID-19 pandemic 
happened and we're all still trying to recover and reboot from that. We've got recent price sensitivity for some areas where people are choosing to use what expendable dollars they have on other things. And then every community has a different level of support for the arts and, and to, is a huge factor too. If you're in theater in an area that doesn't really support the arts, I know it. Your world is a lot harder. Your job is a lot harder. It's harder to find those engaged supporters for your theater. Now, it's fantastic that you've chosen to give a portion of your ticket sales to a charitable nonprofit. I love it. Bravo, bravo, bravo. But boy, it is a tricky thing if you think it's going to be a ticket sales driver. In my experience, it's more often not a driver than it is. Think about it. First, you have to find the people who even care about your altruistic endeavor. Then you need to decide if, I don't know, in your example, they're cancer survivors, then how do you message to them? Or they're already financial supporters of this nonprofit. They're already giving money. So attending the show won't feel as particularly urgent to them. So I tell theater makers that if you want a charitable component for your PR and your crafts, your communication strategy, then go for it. Absolutely. It's a huge community builder. And showing partnership inside of your community brings awareness to your theater from people that may not otherwise be engaged. Those are all win-wins. But don't tie that partnership to any sales or revenue goals or attribute any advertising budget, I would say, to that specific segment of people I discussed earlier. Now, Deb, when I read your email, I so wished I could just jump in your chair, open your computer and dig around to find some reasons and some solutions for you. I will just say that because there are so many things that come up with why a show didn't sell, the best and most important thing for you to do is that once the show's closed, do a postmortem. Now, Theater Marketing Lab members have a postmortem checklist inside the lab, by the way. You kind of need to be a Sherlock Holmes and figure your way through every bit of what I call the PPP process, which is programming, production, and promotion kind of work your way through that and through every bit of the marketing to learn what worked right and what didn't and how you can do better next time. There's always a next show, right? I hope. But those are some of the solutions and suggestions I can give you for your specific question. And I wish you much luck on your next Endeavor Dep. Nancy messaged me from my website with this question. I thought it was such a great one. I wanted to add it to Mailbag today. Nancy said, I have a question about graphics for my theater. We have local volunteers who are doing a lot of the graphic work for our nonprofit community theater. Because these volunteers have lives outside of the theater, obviously, we can't always get the graphics in a timely fashion. We don't have a ton of access to someone who could do the graphics for us. And I wondered if I needed to hire someone locally or could we reach out to someone outside of our town? Does it matter? 
I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Thank you for all you do. Oh, thanks, Nancy. You are so welcome. You know I love what I do. Okay. I 100p recommend reaching out to others in other towns and cities. Look, the designer I use for one of my biggest clients lives in Chicago, 150 miles from the theater, and he does video, and he's not anywhere near the theater. So thinking outside of your immediate community is always an option. Some of the best options for design talent can actually be found in a few places, community colleges or universities. You know, contact their theater departments to see who's doing their graphics. So often I've found that it's a student or a graphic design teacher, a professor at the school, and they're actually kind of used to working with nonprofits, and so they tend to be more affordable. And this may surprise you, but going to a large city actually very often is less expensive. For example, I just hired a web designer for a client and the web designer lives in Manhattan, lives in New York City, and the theater is in Michigan. Here's the thing. The New York City quote was 50% less than the local web design company. Surprising, right? Now, I am the first person to always say local is better. It is great to employ organizations and businesses in your community because it shows such great partnership. But at the time we're in right now, with our, you know, our heads up against the wall, having to make profit, having to get people back into the theater, I can never recommend spending twice as much on an element of marketing when you can spend 50% less. Right. Does that make sense? That if you have this certain pot of money available to do something like a web redesign and you get a quote that would take up the whole budget or only 50% of it, you're going to pick the 50% because that other mo money can be used elsewhere. It may not even be marketing. That money might be able to go towards costumes. And I don't want you to forget about Canva, Nancy. There's a little bit of a learning curve. But I'll tell you, it's the most user-friendly, do-it-yourself graphics platform for people that are not graphic designers like me. <laughs> I'd say that 90% of the theaters that are my clients that I work with have an account for last-minute needs, especially for social media graphics. Sometimes, you know, you need to turn something around in an hour or two, right? And Canva's free to registered 501c3 nonprofits. I'm going to put a link in the show notes in case anyone listening doesn't have Canva, but I highly recommend you put that into your systems and your tools platforms for your theater. The next question is about print, actually. Craig wrote me and said, do you know of an affordable source for printing postcards and mailers? We've never done either before. And based on your recent advice, you said that snail mail still works. We'd like to give it a try when we announce our new season in January. Let me know if you have any ideas or referral sources. I typically recommend you use a local printer and get several quotes, okay? Now, I'm going to talk a minute about the pros and cons of using local with print, but I do like that 
local printers tend to be a lot more generous with their time in development. So if you're looking for a printer to also help you with the design of your postcard, it tends to work better to work locally. When you get several quotes, you could also get a sense of what it's like to work with them. Are they friendly? Do they mention an enjoyment of theater or the arts? Are they prompt? Does the quote, the estimate come in when it's supposed to? You know, I also say go ahead and get a quote from, you know, Vistaprint, for example, which is an online retailer does postcards. They also do the mailing part as well just to see, again, where that estimate comes in on. Now, when you've got all of those in front of you, you can start making some decisions. Now, because of paper shortages that continue, as a matter of fact, my friend Wendy Aaron's book, I'm Wearing Tunics Now, published by Simon & Schuster, is delayed a third time because of paper shortages. Yes, they still exist. I've seen the larger companies like Vistaprint actually come in with lower rates because they can afford to purchase a heck of a lot of paper in bulk. Whereas, unfortunately, some of our smaller print companies in our communities weren't as able to access paper at those affordable prices. So again, Similar to what I talked about earlier, you do have to weigh local versus national, and it seems like a bit of a process, but at the end of the day, it's worth it to try to look at both sides there, Craig, and get your postcards quotes together and make a decision from that. Now, once you have, you know, those three or four quotes, let's say the highest quote came from the team that you really liked. They you know, liked the arts or they did a great, you enjoy the process, I would call them back and say, you know, I really enjoyed talking with you and your team, but we got a quote from another local vendor and we were hoping you can come down to their price and match it. See what they say. They might be so eager to get that together. And that could even be like FedEx or Kinko's if you still have those in your area. You know, see what they say. See what kind of wiggle room there is to negotiate. Now. I want to talk a moment about print and sales strategy. I never want anyone to spend money on marketing unless there are three things that can be communicated. Urgency with a deadline, a clear call to action, and or an offer like a special buy two, get one free with your subscription type messaging. So Craig, if your concept is to mail a postcard when your season an announcement is happening, I'm going to ask you, well, what do you want the recipient to do? Do you want them to buy a subscription right then and there, become a member of your membership program or your subscription program? Are you want to make sure that they're there for the box office opening for the first show? Since I don't know exactly when your season starts and you say you're announcing in January, it all depends on when they can actually go buy tickets. If you're announcing in January and it doesn't start for six months, I would not spend money on print. There has to be a compelling reason to make the recipient take action. And, you know, many theaters I work with did see an uptick in 22, 23 memberships and subscriptions versus last, last season? No way. 
is any theater I know of back to the 2019 levels. So I want you to be wary of a season announced postcard unless you have a super strong sales driving offer attached to the announcement. Otherwise, if you just put out a postcard that's like, oh, that's nice. The theater's doing Man of La Mancha, Clue, and South Pacific, and Chicken and Biscuits. Okay, how nice. There's no urgency or deadline. There's no clear call to action. And there's no offer. So make sure that you're at least checking some of those boxes off if you choose to do a postcard. I recently saw a photo randomly on social media of a theater postcard for Matilda. And again, it was Theater Works in Arizona. And believe me, I thought I was all Matilda'd out. But oh my goodness, I slowed down and just looked at this fantastic design. I even posted the picture of the postcard to our Facebook group. And boy, it got a lot of great support and feedback. Some theaters even share their favorite postcard designs. Everybody gets inspired. By the way, our Facebook group is open to all theater makers who want to talk about programming, producing, and promoting. Emphasis on promoting. And there's a link in the show notes for you to join us over there. So Craig, to recap, make sure that you're getting enough quotes in on what your postcards would cost. Don't forget mailing, also the cost of postage. And then do some negotiating and find out where you land. But most importantly, make sure that your strategy is in place. The expense of print is mighty. And if you have an expense, it needs to drive some sort of sale with some sort of incentive. The next question comes from Sarah. I'm a high school theater teacher director. Woo! Shout out to all the high school theater teacher directors that are listening today. Sarah went on to say, recently, we have struggled with advertising and marketing in our local community, especially older people who don't keep up with digital sources. We put posters in local businesses, but we're really looking for new ideas. Thanks. Oh, Sarah, I love this question. I do want you to go back and listen to episode 34. Is the audience's social contract with your theater dead? That's podcast episode number 34. It's about a 15 or 20 minute marketing mastery episode. And I think it'll help you because so much of a school's success when they're putting on a production relies on what I call the social contract. It's right to focus on the 65 plus audience. It makes sense because they tend to have a history with attending school productions there, either because they did it when their children were there or because they're just in general art supporters of the schools, of arts education. But let's get a little bit honest about that particular demographic. We know from the data that's come in that this is the audience segment that has been the slowest to return to live theater since the pandemic pause in 2021 for so many reasons. But if we take and spend money to reach them, we can do it online. 
You know, posters are great for awareness, but never rely on posters to be a sale tool. You know, I know so many of this generation and a poster is never going to transfer into getting home and finding their phone and making a phone call to the box office or trying to find where you are. It's just not realistic that a poster is going to help somebody 65 or older buy tickets to a show. You know, most humans need multiple touch points before they actually pull out their credit card and their phone. Posters are at the very, 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 very tippy top of the awareness part of the of the journey a customer makes to purchasing tickets. And yes, QR codes are revolutionary and they're really helping a lot of theaters get more traffic to their websites, but it's still driving low numbers in sales return. I hope if you're using QR codes that you're using a platform where you're measuring who's coming in through QR codes. I really hope you're doing that because we need to have the data to know if it's working. But it's really there just to make it easier, you know. But again, the 65-year or older audience isn't necessarily adapting to pulling out their phone, finding their camera, trying to take a picture of a QR code, tapping it to go to the website. It's just too much for them. So when it comes to driving sales, I sort of want to correct your statement about digital sources. Users age 65 and older are actually Facebook's fastest growing demographic. Pew Research did the study recently, just this past August, and it found that of all the Facebook demographics, those United States users 65 or older grew the most between 2019 and 2021 from 26% of the population using Facebook to nearly 40% of people 65 years and older. You bet they are on Facebook. Spend some money to target them specifically and you'll see what reach you have in your community. So really rethink how you're using digital and that money you're spending on printing all those hundreds of posters I know some schools that print a heck of a lot of posters. They have a great poster strategy. And then I find out they're not spending any money on advertising. And I just like, I literally like sort of like melt in my chair. <laughs> you know, they're spending so much money on printed programs. They're spending so much money on posters. And I'm just, oh, just pull some of that money into digital marketing, please. So that's what I recommend for you, Sarah. And you know, your question and the timing is really perfect. That's why I had to pull this question out of the mailbag. We just launched the High School Theater Digital Marketing Launch Plan. So I worked with eight youth theater directors, producers, and educators to refine what I think is one of my best, most helpful resources yet. It's really a full plan of how I market a school show. Basically, my brain to your theater program. Totally doable by non-marketers, right? Now, I want you to check out the link in the show notes if you are or know any school theater directors or producers or educators. I think they'll really dig this program. And I know there's a rising urgency right now. 
because so many youth theater programs are getting ready to open their productions. In fact, here's the thing. Listeners to this podcast are going to get $100 off the price right now. The link is in the show notes. Or go to julienemitz.com and it'll be there on the homepage. Use code PODCAST22 and get that great discount. And yes, you can forward that discount onto a friend. I really have prices. I want it to be so accessible by every theater program in the country because I truly believe that when you have a launch plan, when it's written out for you step by step, day by day, what's going to be happening the three weeks before and throughout your run of your show, you're going to succeed. You're going to find success. You're going to find audience and you're going to grow engagement for your theater program. See what I did there? Urgency, call to action, offer. It works for me too. (laughs) Well, that's it for this Marketing Mastery episode. My thanks to Alice, Brian, Deb, Nancy, Craig, and Sarah for raising their virtual hand to get information. And I hope helpful answers and support from me in this episode. So guys, keep your questions coming. There's a link below in the show notes that if you click it, you can actually leave me a voice message. So ask a question. You'll probably end up on an upcoming mailbag episode. So till next time, let's all keep our theaters moving forward, friends. You are doing great. Take care.